to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Absolutely. Time is absolutely important when it comes to God. Because Jesus speaking to his disciples says, you couldn't even spend one hour with me. What was the last time you just dedicated one hour to the Lord? Like, it's not a church program, it's just you. And you just say, okay, Thursday from 1930 to 2030, I'll read my Bible and I'll pray. And if I run out of what to pray for, I'll sing a song. I mean, when was the last time you just did that? That's something that we ought to be doing often. Okay. And the second one we mentioned is loyalty to the vision and to the visionary. And last week we described what a vision is. And today we're going to go further. Remember, we even showed how churches are different. That's why I'm not even allowing you to do church hoping on, on video streams. Okay. <laughs> because churches are different and we've all got a mandate. But today, I want to share a bit more about the vision of the City of the Lord Church. And the first thing I want to share is, why are we called the City of the Lord Church? Some people have told me it's a cool name. Others have told me it's weird. (laughs) Let me see from the chats. What do you think? Why are we called the City of the Lord Church? And... I'm going to share with you a few scriptures. Um, my technical team just advised me if the scriptures will be displayed on the screen. Okay. So Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse 22. Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 22. And perhaps um, for purposes of context, I want us to... For purposes of context, I want us to look at it from maybe verse 20, and I will read it for you. So Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 22. Some people are saying it's a good name. Others are saying it's a cool name. Yeah, so why are we called the city of the Lord church? Hebrews chapter 12. And for those who are not part of us, this would be a very good opportunity, yeah? So from verse 20, let's say from verse 18. He says, you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire and to blackness and darkness and tempest and to the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words so that those who heard it begged that 
the word should not be spoken to them anymore, for they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it should be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly great, afraid and trembling. That's interesting. So God is, uh, Paul is writing to the church. Uh, it's believed Paul wrote Hebrews. Some dispute it, but yeah. So he's writing to the church and he's telling them, saying, look guys, you've not come to what the Israelites came to. And he describes how, <laughs> how can I put it? What they got to experience was not just the awesomeness of God. He was both, he was, he was both beautiful and terrible. <laughs> and they were afraid. He's saying, you've not come to a God you should be afraid of, a God you should hide from. And then in 22, he says, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable number of angels, to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Abraham was searching for this city. Abraham spent his life searching for this city. That's what he did. He spent most of his life searching for it. Okay. And I can show you when you, when you go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. And when you read, I want us just to go to Hebrews chapter 11. I want us just to see something that, um, that Abraham did. In verse 9, it says, by faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So that's why we're called the city of the Lord Church. It's because it's a revelation of the place that we have come to as the body of Christ. Well, we refuse to, we refuse to settle. Listen to me. As a city of the Lord Church, one of the things that we've decided is we refuse to settle. By that I mean we'll keep, we'll keep pulling, we'll keep seeking, we'll keep knocking for higher dimensions of God. What's the highest that a man can experience God while here on earth? What's the highest level of anointing a man can reach? What, what's the, what level of miracles can a person reach? You know, I always think to myself that many people have limited themselves to one experience. Imagine you cross the Red Sea with the Israelites, and then you pitch a tent. Actually, you build a house after the Red Sea. And then everyone who goes after you, you say they are liars because all you know is Red Sea. So you decide your Red Sea ministries. All you know is the Red Sea. And then when other people go further and they find manna and they come tell you about manna, you say it's a heresy. When they come tell you about quail, you say it's not possible. When they come tell you about water from a rock, listen, us, it's ours is not to be satisfied until we've reached the very apex of where God wants us to reach. And that will be when the Lord Jesus comes. That's why in this ministry, we'll keep growing. We'll keep pushing further. 
we'll keep pushing for more because we've decided not to camp by the Red Sea. Our home is the city of the Lord Church. Allow me to show you another portion of scripture. Perhaps this time I'll show it to you from the book of Isaiah, chapter 60 and verse 14. Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 14. So this name came by revelation. That's why we're called city of the Lord. Isaiah 60 and verse 14. And it says, also the sons of those who afflicted you shall come bowing to you. And those who despised you shall fall prostrate at the soles of your feet and they shall call you the city of the Lord. Hey, notice they didn't say they'll call your building the city of the Lord. It says they'll call you the city of the Lord. They'll call you the city of the Lord. Now, a question one may ask is who are the buildings in this city? Who are the buildings in this city? Now, I've used the word who because somebody would say what, <laughs> but I've used the word who. And I'll tell you something that I believe by revelation. I believe that the city of the Lord will be more than stones and diamonds. I believe it will be more than that. And I'll show you from the scriptures. And you'll get to see why we talk the way we do. So 1 Peter 2 and verse 5. I believe the city of the Lord will be more than just that. 1 Peter chapter 2. And I want us to read over there in verse 5. And perhaps let's start from verse 4. Coming to him as to a living stone. A living stone. Rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. Hey, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. To do what? To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And when you read, it says, therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him shall by no means be put to shame. So I want you to think about this. Jesus is called the chief cornerstone, and then we are the living stones. Amazing. And let me show you now from the book of Revelations. The, this is a portion of scripture that God revealed to me when we were beginning this ministry. And I want you just to pay attention to this. It's a revelation. In Revelations chapter number 21 and verse um, 1, it says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Notice the new Jerusalem will come down out of heaven. And then it says, 
prepared as a bride. Notice the very next words are prepared as a bride. Adorned for her husband. You know what that shows you? And you know we are the bride of Christ. That shows you that the new Jerusalem is beyond something physical. Yes, there will actually be a new Jerusalem. But there's something beyond it. There's a bride. There's a bride. And how do we know? The very next verse. It says, and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. Where did the men come from? When the new Jerusalem came down. <laughs> and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. Amazing. Now you may say, Apostle Frederick, but if that's something that's of the future, because as you can see from the scriptures I've quoted, some of them are being fulfilled now. Some of them will be fulfilled in the future. Then why should we still be called that now? It's very simple. There's a, there's a scripture in Hebrews, chapter number six, and this is something that I know is our assignment as COL. And when you read in Hebrews um, chapter six, I want you to see something very, very interesting that gives me the boldness to be able to declare these things. In Hebrews 6, it says in verse 5, it says, and have tested the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. You know, what we call supernatural today will be the norm in the age to come. It's a technology that will be normal in the age to come. And as COL, one of the grace that God has given us is an opportunity to taste of what's to come. That's why supernatural encounters are our thing. So that's why we're called the city of the Lord Church. I'm sure right now you want to say, in my city. So let me, let me give you a moment to type, in my city. Now, we are those buildings in the city of the Lord Church. You are that building. You are that building. You are that glorious building. You are that glorious masterpiece. It's you. Now, our vision ultimately is to see the kingdom of God established on earth as it is in heaven. Now, this one will ultimately only be fulfilled when Jesus comes. So, it's something we're picturing. So, in Matthew 24, verse 14, the Bible says, and the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. So we want to see the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. And for that to happen, we have to preach the gospel everywhere. We have to use whatever means. We have to use at whatever price. We have to preach this gospel everywhere because the kingdom of God is spread through words. That's why I imagine Jesus can say the kingdom of God is within you. How did he do it? The kingdom of God on earth is spread through words. And so ultimately, that's what we want to see. Praise God. Now, what's our mission? Our mission is to bring hope to the hopeless. And then there's a comma. So we bring hope. The Bible says hope does not disappoint us. And it says, for the spirit of God, he sheds it abroad in our hearts. I think we can see that. 
this is look at it quickly in the book of Romans, chapter five and verse five. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for. Interestingly, many people are struggling with faith because they don't have hope as a bedrock on which they can establish their faith on. And I think there's a sermon, there are many sermons I've done in this. But remember, <laughs> I'll tell you what we're hoping for. So it says in Romans 5 verse 5, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Praise God. And why, what's the hope exactly that we're carrying? You know, someone would think, um, is it hope for a better life? You know, is it hope for a better future? Is it hope to one day be saved? Listen to this. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 26, the Bible says, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this ministry among the Gentiles. And what is this? It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Every person in COL must always be at a place where they are hoping for a greater level of glory. It's that, there's that unwavering hope. That's why, imagine we can have Jesus in us, but we can still say, it's just a little while longer and I'll see you. It's, it's a hope for a greater level of glory. That's why we can still say, I want more of you. It's, it's that hope for greater realms of glory. So we have to bring hope to those who have lost it. But then we don't end there. Once we do that, what do we do? We establish a community of believers. So meaning, what's a community? Do you remember it from grade one? A group of people living and working together. <laughs> That's the one I remember. But I guess it's more complex than that, right? But I think the simple helps. So a community of believers. Notice in the book of Acts that when the church was established, when the church was at its peak, it was a community. So it's a community of believers. There's a sense of belonging a sense of oneness, a sense of identifying. I'll give you an example. I live in Avondale, Vilawanga. So meaning I identify with the area. If uh, let's say Zesco put up a notification saying those in Avondale, Vilawanga, uh, charge your phones because at this and this time, I will respond to it. Those in Chilenja may not respond to it. And yet we're all Zambians. In the same way, there's a community called the City of the Lord Church. And that's why... <laughs> If Degoness Natasha is, passes an announcement about something, you have to take it seriously, even if other people may not take it seriously, because that's our community. Praise God. So a community of believers led by the Spirit. That's what we want of every member, that we should have every member being led by the Spirit. Somebody say glory to God. I am looking at your comments, by the way. I am taking time to look at them led by the spirit what else walking in love and living by faith until the return of our lord jesus christ because jesus said when the son of man comes is he gonna find faith oh lord you'll find it with me <laughs> and what's our scripture for this mission you find it in psalm 84 um, verse 5 to 7. And it says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, 
whose heart is set on a pilgrimage. Have you noticed this? Is a, you know what's a pilgrimage? It's a holy trip. Well, I can't get that term. Like you're making a holy trip. Now, where is this trip going? It says, they, as they pass through the valley of Baca, the word Baca means weeping, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. So look, here I am. I'm on a pilgrimage. And where's my pilgrimage? The pilgrimage ends on verse 7. Maybe let me read verse 7 first. It says, they go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. Trust me, I know this one very well because this is my message. This is our message as a church. So notice this. They are on a pilgrimage. And on that pilgrimage, their aim is to appear before God in Zion. Hey, please don't die. They appear before God in Zion. Imagine one day you've appeared like, hey. <laughs> they appear before God in Zion. But look, there's an in-between. There's an in-between. By the time they're reaching there, there are certain things they would have done. And one of the things they would have done is as they pass through the valley of weeping, they turn it into a spring. So ladies and gentlemen, as we are on our way, we, we must do something to the environment around us and go from strength to strength. And our greatest strength is if by the time we're done with this trip, we're not the only ones on it. We've gotten other people to go along with us on the journey. Think about this. Think about this. When a... When a, a fire truck or something is on the road, most likely there'll be some water that is leaking. There will be some water that is leaking most likely. So think about that. As we are on this pilgrimage, we must do something along the way. We need to carry others with us. We need to make sure other people. You know, recently there's been this issue of voting, right? Have you observed that with the aspect of voting? No one has wanted to be the only one. People have decided, let's look, I'm on my way to vote and this is who I'm voting for. But let me convince other people so that we enjoy our nation in a certain way. That's the same thing in the kingdom of God, that we must do our very best to convince others. So we're not just going to be selfishly seated here and waiting for it and, and waiting for to appear before God in Zion. No. As we're going on this journey, we're carrying others with us. Praise God. Now, in the same vein, as it stands as city of the Lord Church, we've got vision 2024. And by 2024, our aim is to grow into a dynamic or sufficient ministry that possesses different and diverse gifts talents, skills, knowledge, networks, thus being able to provide platform and opportunities for increased spiritual growth, mutual encouragement of faith, discovery and fulfillment of purpose, communal times of refreshment, friendship, marriage, business, and all manner of godly relationship. Let me explain this one a bit. By the way, I'll also ask that the team, these can be posted in the group because I think some people need to be reminded. Now, when we say a dynamic and all-sufficient ministry, it means what we do recognize is that everything that this ministry needs, I'll say this, 
what this ministry means has not actually been placed in me. One of the biggest tools God has given me is perhaps keys to unlock. But what this ministry means has been placed in you. It's been placed in all of us. And for the ministry to grow, you must grow. It means when you grow, the ministry has grown. I'll give you an example of resources and finances. It means if in the next five years, 300 of us who are students all graduate and have jobs, then as far as we are concerned, the ministry finances have increased because someone we've raised is now working. It means if somebody gets promoted or if someone's business booms, then as a ministry, we've all boomed. Because if somebody here today establishes a new network, it means as a ministry, our network has increased. And that's why don't be selfish with what God has placed in you. The Bible is clear. It says the manifestation of the spirit, we're talking about spiritual gifts, has been given to one or to profit with all. Meaning what God has placed in you, your spiritual gifts, your knowledge, that brain of yours, that intelligence, those networks has been given for all of us to profit. When you stand before God, it won't just be about, I don't know what you think. You think maybe you'll stand before God one day and all he will say is, uh, how well did you serve Mr. Thorncroft at the company? No, he want to know how you served his people as well. Because he says, remember to do good to others, especially those of the household of faith, meaning those of the church. I hope somebody is following me. That's why we can't have you failing those exams. That's why we do the seminars we do. That's why we can't have you failing to manage your time. That's why we do what we do. That's why we can't have you failing to write an email. <laughs> that's, why we, that's why our trainings can go that deep. You know, in our trainings, we've even done how to write an email in one of our leadership trainings. And it says diverse gifts, talents, skills, knowledge, networks and then it says being able to provide platform and opportunities for increased spiritual growth so in short if every person gets to grow then it's a greater platform for spiritual growth even my spiritual growth because at the end of the day do you know we have to reach a place where our faith mutually encourages each other let me show you <laughs> let me show you <laughs> romans chapter number one romans chapter number one let me just show you something and verse 11, he says, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. That is, I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith of both you and me. So we must reach a place where our faith encourages each other. So Paul starts by imparting and then eventually it should reach a place where of mutual encouragement. Wouldn't you like that, department heads, where your members can refresh you? Wouldn't you like that, cell leaders, where your members can refresh you? For example, today in the service, I was blessed by the announcements. Uh, can ask the team that was following. I was blessed by the intercessions. I was praying alone. I was blessed in the, in the praise and worship. I was blessed even by the MC in the welcome remarks and just everything. My faith is as well being mutually encouraged. Praise God. Is somebody being blessed by this? And then we've said uh, discovery and fulfillment of purpose. Communion times of refreshment. Those Zoom meetings you like having the three of you. 
friendship. We want people to make friends within the ministry. Can I tell you one of the worst teachings I've had to give? By worst, I mean the one that feels bad to give. One of the worst things that's hard is to be a pastor and tell one of your members to stay away from another member. Don't be that person. Praise God. <laughs> but we want people to have friendships within the ministry. And he says here, marriage. Let me explain this one. Listen. Dreaming to think that everyone in the ministry will, will marry within the ministry. And I've never said that as a rule or as a law. However, I would be shocked if there are no people marrying within the ministry. I would be shocked. And what do people do after church? They don't say hi to each other. <laughs> Surely one or two people must be saying hi. Why do you think? <laughs> no, seriously, it would be, it, the ministry won't be sustainable if no one is marrying within. It wouldn't be sustainable. Hallelujah. Some people have reached marriageable age. And there's another person who's reached marriageable age. And you've seen each other. And you've both seen that the vision came prospering your hands together. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, praise God. <laughs> so I'll be honest, as a pastor, I do desire to see more people in the church marry each other. Anyways, at least I'm honest. Eh? Okay. <laughs> Maybe not say more. I'll say more in the other meetings. Okay. Oh my goodness, Zoom is going crazy right now. <laughs> and then others, of course, will join the church through marriage. And unfortunately, there are others who may live in that way. But for the ministry to be sustainable, we need a number of people to marry also within. Okay? And then uh, just a scripture on this. And then, of course, it's business and woman of godly relationship. A scripture on this. First Corinthians 1 verse 7 from the NLT. It says, now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly await for the return of the Lord Jesus. Okay? It says you have every spiritual gift you need. Imagine, he's telling a church that everything you need, you have it. Look at 2 Corinthians 12, verse 12. Hey, hey, hey. This is the verse I pray for over our ministry. He says, truly, the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance in signs, in wonders, and mighty deeds. And then he tells them, for what is it in which you were inferior to other churches, except that I myself was not burdensome to you. Forgive me this wrong. Paul is talking to his church, and he tells them, the signs of an apostle are fulfilled among you. And then he asks them a question. He says, in what way were you inferior to other churches? The day I read that, I decided COL will never be inferior in any way. What we don't know, we'll ask questions and we'll learn. That's why I'm also being mentored and fathered and all those things and, and the like. But we, we refuse to be, no, uh, that church is just good with healing. But if you've got a case for deliverance, don't go there, go there. No, no, no. We'll, be, we'll not be inferior in any way. We'll not be inferior in any way. We have to come to a place where there's nothing we can't do. And guess how that will happen? It won't be because one person has all the knowledge or one person is graced in all the areas the same. No, 
It will be because we've got one person who's really good when it comes to educating others on business. We've got another person who's really good when it comes to educating others on school. Another person who's really gifted. Like when we give this person good deliverance, oh my goodness. Another person who, when it comes to healings, hey, another one who, when it comes to administration, they'll administrate that, meeting, that, that healing and deliverance meeting. Another person who, when it comes to evangelism, they'll gather people for that same healing and deliverance meeting. And then another person who, when it comes to encouraging, hey, then when they just say, guys, you, this meeting is your meeting. Everyone just falls to the ground and say, hey, it's my meeting. Another person who, when it comes to teaching and explaining and propounding the word, hey, another person who, when it comes to prophesying, they will see the phone number to the grandmother of the person who's supposed to come to the meeting. I don't know if somebody is getting my phone. Hey, what a church. What a church. Hey, another person who, when it comes to smiling at the person who's entering the meeting, there's a way when they smile. Another one when they say, take your seat. Another one when they say, cure us. <sighs> and then when, they, when the psalmist begin to lead us in praise and worship. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're following me. <laughs> I've seen the comments in the chat and they are so blessed. So now very quickly, just very quickly, five things that will help us to become loyal to this vision of COL. Number one, you must personalize the vision. Personalize the vision. Exodus 3, verse 16. God tells Moses, go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob appeared to me saying, I have surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt. And then, Verse 18, notice in verse 16, he's told, go gather the elders, right? And tell them what I've shown you. And in verse 18, they will heed your voice. Why do you think you enjoy it when I speak? You've been anointed to hear me. Sheep have been anointed to hear the voice of the shepherd. And it says, they will heed your voice and you shall come, you and the elders of Israel, to the king of Egypt and you shall say to him, notice this, who did God speak to? Moses. Who did Moses speak to? The elders. But look at this. The Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us. And now, please, let us go three days into the journey of the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Notice, it doesn't say the Lord God has met with Moses. It says the Lord God has met with us. It means the day you heard this message, the day you got attracted to this vision, it was no longer just, it's like the Bible. Have you noticed how comes, I, I don't come and say, Oh, the Bible says to Peter, or the Bible says to the Corinthians, no. The day I believed it, it also became my message. Similarly, when I came to you and presented this vision like I'm doing now, and some of you, your hearts are being steered like they're being steered now, because it's the same thing that happened with so valiant men whose hearts got moved. Like when God moves someone's heart, a human being can move it back. And the day you decided, saying this is my vision, you know what it meant? It meant what God spoke to me, he spoke to you. What he said to me became your word as well. So when God spoke to me about COL, when I had that vision, when I had that visitation of God, when I heard those choirs singing city of the Lord, it means you heard it as well. Personalize the vision, make it yours. Personalize it. Number two, 
Number two, I, I, I want to read the second one too. You must believe that this vision is divine. Believe that this vision is divine. You know, that's what made the Apostle Paul to be as radical as he was. That's what made him radical. Praise God. So believe, type, I believe the COL mandate is divine. I want to see it in the chats. And I want to show you uh, Acts 26 and verse 19. Acts 26 and verse 19. And it says very quickly, Acts chapter 26 and verse 19. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. <laughs> it's as simple as that. So I believe this division, this, this vision is divine. When you believe it's divine, you will not let human things ruin it. Okay? I can see in the chat that you're typing these things. I can see it. Okay, wonderful. And then number three, you must believe that this vision is in God's plan for you. So when God was planning your life, he planned you'll be part of the COL vision. Don't always be the person who's praying about it. Should I be in? Should I not be in? You know, sometimes people shock me. You find somebody feels in the membership form. They take all the lessons. One year later, I'm not talking about two weeks, I'm one year later. And actually, not even feeling in the membership form. Somebody had a dream. And in that dream, 42 angels came and spoke to them and they showed them 59 signs and wonders that they should be under me and they should be at COL. One year later, they're praying about it. <laughs> After getting involved in the system, they're now praying about it. Ladies and gentlemen, believe that this vision is part of God's plan for you. Okay. If God can determine your locality, don't you think he can also determine your church? Do you know God determined where you should live? then surely he also determined where you should serve. Notice God speaks to Elijah and he says, go to this brook, this brook and the ravens will feed you there. There is, a, there is a divine principle of being at the right place where God wants you to be. There's another place where Elijah was and God asked, what are you doing? Just go read the story of Elijah. So you have to be where God wants you to be at the right time when you're supposed to be there. So believe that this vision is for you. And then number four, make a resolve that you won't jump ship when issues happen. Acts 27, verse 21, notices. After the long abstinence from food, Paul stood in the midst of them and said, men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred the disaster and loss. Now I urge you to take heart for there'll be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Okay, for there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you and all those who sail with you. Notice this. The other guys, their protection was in being... <laughs> oh God, how best can I put this? The word God gave Paul ended up being everyone's protection. Because Paul had somewhere to go. That very word, that very vision ended up being everyone's safety. 
that the very vision was everyone's safety. And notice this. And so Paul told them to eat. Very important. Eating is very important. So now, um, I want you to see now verse uh, 30. It says, and as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, when they, had been, when they had let down the skiff into the sea, under the pretense of putting anchors from the pro, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Paul was saying, don't jump ship. What's, what's protecting you is not your mental knowledge. It's not your intelligence. It's the vision. He told them, don't jump ship. None of their lives were lost. Not because of the hardness of the boat. Not because of the greatness of their swimming but because there was a vision. And interestingly, when Paul went uh, to the island where they landed, a viper even beat his hand. And the vision was too strong. He shook it and threw it off. In a vision, he saved. That's why I said, you must believe this vision is heaven. If you believe it's heaven, you won't jump ship. And the final point for today, be willing be willing to resolve matters and to forgive anyone who may offend you. I'm not promising you that every day will be rosy. We're coming from different places, different backgrounds. Some people you may think they talk too much. <laughs> Maybe they just don't have anyone to talk to. Others may seem rude. Others may seem Certainly, but you must be willing to resolve matters, be willing to forgive. Because at the end of the day, we are the city of the church. That's who we are. And everyone counts. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not done with this pillar. We'll finish it on Wednesday or Sunday. The advantage is even if we take longer. We can still finish the pillars in September, but for today, this is where we're ending. I wanted to remind you that there's something divine. There's something special. Is this ministry? It's, it's beyond just a church. It's, 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 a, it's a vision from God. And God has given it to us to steward it. And one day we'll stand before him and we'll account for it. And that's why if you're listening to me and you've not found a church yet, or you've now found it, or it has found you, because there's no way you can just remain church hopping. It's important for you to be part of something. If you're part of our ministry, but you've not really been part of it, this is an opportunity for you to decide, I'll attend every program. I'll be part of everything I'm supposed to be part of. I'll fully fulfill what the vision is. A child in a house, must obey how the house has been set because you find the parents have a vision for what kind of child they want. Praise God. Thank you. If there's anyone watching me and you're not born again yet, you've not yet joined the very family of God, I want to give you this opportunity. I want you to say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I confess you as my Lord from this day. Amen. Praise God.
ways. Wonderful. Allow me to speak the blessing of the Lord over you. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I bless you. I bless you in Jesus' name. Let all be well with you. Let your desires be granted in Jesus' name. Let this week be blessed for you in the name of Jesus. And we stand even as priests and we speak over this nation and we declare in the name of Jesus that the nation is blessed, the nation is peace, the nation is calm, and all is well in the nation. In the name of Jesus. And let's just say the grace together right now. The amazing grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and dwell in the house of the Lord. In my ears, I can hear you shouting, forever. <laughs> God bless you all. God bless you all. Thank you. Oh, wow. What a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.